Hello, and welcome to the History of Religion podcast. I am Jay Graham, and you are listening to Episode 6 of the History of Christianity series. The title of this episode is Father Paul. The last episode focused on 13 of the 14 disciples. We left Paul for this episode because of his impact on Christianity. We will begin by looking at the general historical layout of his life, then go into three areas that Paul's life that helped form Christianity. First, the independence from Judaism. Second, the internal organizational consolidation. And thirdly, Greco-Roman outreach. So what makes Paul so special? Paul is said to have written 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Not only that, but his assistant, or disciple, Luke, wrote the Gospel of Luke and Acts. With Paul's letters and his assistant's work, Paul's influence is over 56% of the New Testament. Yet, there's more. Last week, it was noted that the first 20 years went without any New Testament books being written. Paul starts writing in the 50s AD. Scholar Donald Atkinson argues that Paul's letters are the only New Testament books composed before 70 AD. 70 AD is important because that is when the second temple that was built in Jerusalem for the Jews was destroyed. This devastated Judaism and forced Christianity to separate itself even more from that religion. So Paul's work in the New Testament are the best glimpses into early Christianity before the destruction of the temple. And his influence is over the majority of the New Testament. Jesus started the religion, and Paul solidified it. Thus, Paul is considered the second most important figure in Christian history. The sources used to determine the life of Paul are the historical narratives found in Acts written by Luke, who was his disciple and basically an assistant of sorts, which we've already covered. The primary sources are then the letters that Paul actually wrote himself, and the information he mentioned about his background in those, even though some of those letters are argued possibly not written by him. Saul of Tarsus was born, obviously, in Tarsus, which was a port city in Asia Minor. His city of origin is important because Paul, or Saul, would have been exposed to many different views and philosophies in a port city. Saul was born to a Jewish family that lived outside of Judea. Saul's Greek name was Paul. We see again that his origin has the seeds for what his life will result in, a bridge between Judaism and the Greco-Roman culture. His father was said to have been a Pharisee, one of the more conservative streams of Jewish tradition. Paul followed in his father's footsteps and went to study under a Pharisaic teacher named Gamaliel in Jerusalem. Paul was probably born around 5 AD, so he would have been contemporary with the life of Christ. He was well-versed in Koine Greek, the common language and probably his first language. Also, he spoke Hebrew, but he quoted the Septuagint in the New Testament at length, which was written in Greek. Paul's education then would have included heavy Hebrew, Pharisaic tradition, and some Greco-Roman philosophy. When Jesus was crucified in around 33-ish AD, Paul would have been almost 30 years old, or around that mark. Paul was not a fan of Jesus, as he was a Pharisee, and saw the new Christian sect as heretical and dangerous to the Jewish community. Paul began to persecute and put the Christians in jail. He oversaw the execution of a famous Christian named Stephen, which is recorded in the New Testament. On hearing a word about a Christian sect that had appeared in Damascus, Paul set off to squash it there as well. This is when Paul experiences what is called the Damascus Road experience, where he sees a blinding light and a vision from Jesus. Paul converts to Christianity around two to three years after the death of Christ, and Paul converts in the city of Damascus. Paul then leaves to go to Arabia, 
Some scholars believe that he went to actually Petra specifically. After Arabia, Paul decided to return to Damascus. He went to Jerusalem and a few other places for around three years. He then teamed up with Christians in Antioch, where Christianity had taken a stronghold, and he went on one of three main missionary journeys. The first journey was into Asia Minor and the island of Cyprus. After this, they entered into what is called the Council of Jerusalem in 49 AD, which was where Paul met the leaders of the Christian movement, such as Peter, James, and John, who all gave Paul the blessing of being an apostle to the Gentiles. There are some issues with this date, as the text says that it was 14 years later from his first visit to Jerusalem, but it was more likely referring to his conversion time. That is according to F.F. Bruce. Paul argued against circumcision in Jerusalem, where apparently Christianity had not separated itself from the Jewish religion all that much yet. In Antioch, Paul gets into a heated verbal fight with Peter in regard to Jewish tradition in the new faith. Paul then leaves on his second missionary journey in the late 49 AD to northern Greek cities. Paul eventually ends up spending time in the Greek city of Corinth, which was known for its pagan worship, along with another city that Paul went to, Ephesus. Paul spent more time in Ephesus on his third missionary journey in the mid-50s AD. In 57 AD, Paul made his last visit to Jerusalem, where he completed his third missionary journey. While there, he argued against Jewish tradition to the point where a mob of Jews decided he should end up like Jesus. In the midst of the chaos, the Romans decided to arrest Paul, which probably saved his life. While in prison, he used his Roman citizenship to appeal his case to Caesar, basically giving him a free trip to Rome. Uh, maybe not so free. He arrived in Rome in 60 AD and spent two years in a rented house helping to establish a church there in Rome. Tradition holds that Paul was condemned by the Emperor Nero sometime from 64 to 68 AD and Paul was decapitated. Paul's ministry really picks up right after Jesus's. Just a few years difference. The Christian movement is centered in Jerusalem and is still a Jewish sect when Paul joins the movement. Paul pioneered the interpretation of the Hebrew Bible that the laws and regulations of Judaism are not carried over into Christianity. For example, Paul makes a statement in Galatians 5.12 that if a Christian thinks that circumcision makes them more holy, then they should just cut off the whole thing to be the holiest. The early Christians were a mixed bag of Jewish and Gentile converts. The original twelve were Jewish, and those that led the church seemed to have carried over many Jewish practices until Paul entered in and disputed them. Peter's confrontation has already been mentioned. Paul's letters helped formulate how Christianity was different from Judaism, how the strict regulations were no longer applicable to the new religion. This made it easier for Gentiles to enter into the movement. Paul's experience as a Pharisee made him particularly adept at debating and parsing out Jewish theology, so Paul's letters in life helped the early church separate itself from Judaism. Judaism, both in practice and in theology. The church itself was small and trying to find its identity when Paul entered into the picture. The letters of Paul are often used to establish church structure. Paul's missionary journeys were often used to help other churches, especially with financial issues. The letters themselves were written to help create unity and cohesion in the movement, as many churches practiced as they wished because they were so isolated from the other churches. Paul's constant travels and communication created an authority and structure for the early church. He established new centers of Christianity and helped solidify others. Most importantly, Paul provided theology to the church. He established texts and expressed and tussled with deep theological issues for Christianity, such as the ontological identity of Christ and how the deity of Christ relates to God the Father. Paul maintained the monotheism of Judaism while building on a foundation of Christology, 
which is the study of Christ, for the early church. From the beginning, then, Jesus was worshipped as God, yet it was probably not until Paul that the implications of that truth were dealt with in more detail, especially in text. Thus, Paul's work and life provided the rallying point for early Christianity and gave it structure and cohesion. The final thing that Paul provided for the early movement was the lifeline of Gentiles. Gentiles were anyone that was not Jewish. The early church originally focused on Jews, but Paul entered in as the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul saw it as his duty to reach the Gentiles, not just any Gentiles though, but European Gentiles. Paul is said to have been guided by God to take the gospel west to Europe and not to the east. That decision changed the very course of the entire world. Paul actually was planning to go to Iberia, modern-day Spain, but he was killed before he could. Paul took the Christian movement to the West quite literally. Not only did he do this literally, but he also did so ideologically. It is clear that Paul was trained in Greco-Roman philosophy and he used it in building the new movement's theology. He is noted as quoting a Greek philosopher and shows strong Stoic influences. At the same time, he holds on to his Jewish roots. One cannot say Paul was distinctly using any specific stream of Greek thought, but the overall influence is pretty clear. In other words, Paul took the Christian message and wrapped it in Greco-Roman vernacular. The New Testament was written in Koine Greek, the common person's tongue. The advance of the movement to places like Ephesus, Galatia, Rome, and Corinth meant that it became more Gentile than Jewish. And when the temple is destroyed a few years after the death of Paul, the Jewish hold on Christianity will be gone. If Christianity had not spread out from Jerusalem with Paul, it very well may have died along with the destruction of the temple, like many of the other fringe sects of Judaism at the time did. So Paul gave Christianity its future with the Gentiles. Donald Atkinson gives another important thing that Paul provides for the church, the first look at the life of Christ. Most of the information for the life of Christ is taken from the Gospels, but they are written after the letters of Paul. Paul provides the earliest Christian understanding of how the church saw Jesus. Atkinson points out four main things that Paul believed about Jesus. First, Jesus did not call himself the Messiah. Secondly, the resurrection was spiritual and not physical. Third, he was not a great student of the Torah. And four, he was not born of a virgin. Obviously, these are bombshells and receive hard pushback from mainstream Christianity. Paul is said to have cultivated the idea of Messiah for Jesus, established the meaning of the resurrection, and that Jesus was the Son of God. It is out of these three main theological ideas that the two main tenets of Christianity come out, which are the Incarnation and the Trinity. Even if one disagrees with Atkinson's assertion that Paul had to create those doctrines and that the early church did not believe in the literal resurrection and virgin birth, the fact is that very early on in the church, the church began to develop the main doctrines that would separate itself from other religions, especially Judaism. The core message for Paul is summed up by E.P. Sanders as, quote, number one, God sent his son. Number two, the son was crucified and resurrected for the benefit of humanity. Number three, the son would soon return. And number four, those who belong to the son would live with him forever. Paul's gospel, like those of others, also included number five, the admonition to live by the highest moral standard. May you put your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unquote. Jesus was worshipped as God, and Paul's life was concerned with working out the implications of that. There are a few interesting takes on the Apostle Paul that should be mentioned. The first is the Muslim view of Paul. 
Islam proposes that Paul deliberately changed and corrupted the message of Christ. The idea is that Jesus was a true prophet but never claimed to be God. After his death, the disciples and specifically Paul changed the movement. Islam is seen as a correction to Paul and returning to the original message of Christ and all the other prophets. The idea that Paul corrupted Christianity is a popular one. Just as we have seen, Atkinson basically agrees with the Muslims in terms of the critique of the historicity of Christ's life as understood by Christianity. Even Thomas Jefferson thought that Paul corrupted Christianity. The church that Paul left was one poised to take on the world. The last half of the first century AD was filled with change and gave Christianity the chance to spread across the Roman Empire. Next time we will take a look at some of the events that occur in the years after Paul's death and how they changed the church for the last half of the century. So join me here on the History of Religion podcast.